Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the wonderfully talented Michelle Yu. From Parts Unknown, where are you this week, Michelle? I'm actually at my home base, Billy. I came back home, although I'll be heading back down to Del Mar tomorrow. Of course you will. The hardest working person in horse racing. We have a great guest today. I four jobs right now. It's crazy. It is crazy. We have a great show. Dan Eplin is going to join us. Now, that name may not sound familiar, but he is the owner of the two-year-old flame-away filly named Dreamfire, who was absolutely dominant in the Sorrento Stakes over the weekend at Del Mar. And I, I, think, I think he's going to be great. I just have a feeling. Yay, I'm excited. He was so happy for his win, and I just thought it would be a really great odor um, to have on this week. And fingers crossed that all of our recording works, because last week we had literally the best interview with Michael Ivorone. It was like 47 minutes long, and it's stuck in the cloud. It's stuck in a cloud somewhere. We it's can't stuck get in the it. Cloud. We don't uh, know. I can, let me sum it up real quick, though. Mike has a cat that he loves. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Big yeah. Brown was a crazy situation to yep. buy, and yep. they got it because they let Paul Pompa stay in. Yep. And and he's got a great tan. And he loves his tan. And now he's and now his body is amazing. That's why he can wear no shirts. Right, because he's been working out and lost weight, and it, and he, all he does is eat ice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he was great, and we apologized to him uh, and. Everybody. After we'll all the time to, he spent we'll with us, to, he had to go driving to even be on the phone. It was oh, I'm so disappointed. In we're life. gonna get it. We're gonna get it back one day. Anyway, uh, Michelle, let's get to three things of note. So we can get right to Dan Eplin. Three things of note. Three things of note. Okay. Uh, so the first thing of note is just that the TOC has a couple of events coming up. So I do want to make sure people are aware of them. The first thing is August 19th. So this coming weekend at Ferndale. If you are a newbie and listening to the show, this is for you. They're having the essentials of horse ownership. It's a little seminar to teach you the ins and outs, all the things that we ask people, hey, what didn't you know? What were your learning curves? They're going to help you out there. Also, they are having a TOC Women's Horse Players event at Del Mar on August 24th, so next week. Judy Wagner and Alexa Zapp are going to be on site helping you handicap. They're going to be doing a mythical money contest, raises 338 at Del Mar, and it is a $50 fee to like come up, enjoy the seminar, eat, drink, and play in the contest. And that is for ladies only. Uh, mm-hmm. So both of these, if you want more information or you're interested, it's toc.com, oh, toc online, toconline.com forward slash events for that. So that is thing number one. Uh, thing of note number two was minor, minor race recap. You tell me one race that you were impressed by, and I'll tell you one race I was impressed by. Oh, I didn't know this was coming. Okay. I know. I- I'm going to go with, Doc, uh, what is it, Doc, Captain Obvious? Captain how about, Obvious? How about Prince of Monaco? Uh, yeah. Best pal stakes. I mean, and it, listen, we don't talk a lot about gambling on this show, but the track early in the day was playing, you know, wide closers, and Flavian Pratt comes into town, rides this horse. He goes off at 9 to 5. Baffert's other horse, Muth, goes off at 4 to 5. And at the at the, about the three ace pole, I was like, this race is over. Did you think it was crazy that um, JJ Trace Tranch in 44? 
I mean, you, we've seen these horses go before. These are Bafferts. They like to be in front, you know, and it is what it is. But I'm just telling you that that horse looked like a monster down the lane. He got 103 buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, just just monstrous effort uh, by a, Come a on. very nice horse. That's the obvious move, right? I did this on the show. I was like, bring, bring. Hey, uh, Flavian, do you want to come ride one for me? No, just one. Just one. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I think he's like a derby horse. Okay, I come out. Right? I mean, like, for him to come out to ride, like, look, he picked up a bunch of other horses, right? Yeah. But for him yeah. to come out to ride this horse, knowing that Moose was in there and yeah. he was a monster, you know they had to tell him this horse is Breeders' Cup horse, this horse is Del Mar Futurity, this horse is Derby. Like, yeah. there was some big thoughts behind him. It wasn't just, hey, come out and ride my second best horse. No, no, no. Right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. What was yours? Um, I mean, I really like that race, but for me, I'm going to say Casa Creed winning back the four star Dave. Yeah, that, was um, awesome. that was super cool. Casa Creed has been just amazing. He's a seven year old full horse, if I'm not mistaken. And Belmont trains him for LRE racing and JEH racing. And he has been absolutely all over the globe this year. And we just love horses that kind of Keep on keeping on. He is and a full he horse. isn't like a wind machine, I feel like. He nine, wins his fair nine, share. He's nine for 33 lifetime with $2.46 million in earnings. Like his last couple of races were the four-star day that he won, the Kelso that he won, the Joffrey ran third. He ran second in Saudi, yep. right? So, like, yep. I mean, he won the four-star day in the Draper last year. No, he's just been an a, a incredible horse. You're, you're very right about that. Cool. Very cool horse. A, he's a, just got a like cool a very horse. weird um, distance that he likes. There's like certain horses, and we, you and I have talked about this before, like that you just really like. Like, I really like um, the Cowbred Sprinter. Oh, uh, Trozen Braun. Trozen Braun. Like, yeah. there's just cool horses. Like, you walk by the Braun. Like, like someone was asking me today, you know, I was going through our barn and and I was just giving carrots to Gold F Phoenix, which is his name on the uh, on the board. Yeah. At, at <laughs> and he's just such a cool horse. He just comes up. He kind of I, I feel like he kind of knows me now. And he he like kind of points to the carrots. Julie Witt, who works for Phil, sent me a, a picture the other day, Michelle. He reached down, I guess, under the webbing and fa- figured out how to get an entire bag of carrots. Nice. And ripped open the bag and ate like half of them. That's hilarious. <laughs> He's just a cool. There's certain horses that are just get it. They're just cool, you know. Yeah. I think that's like Casa Creed. I think he's just a cool horse. Anyway, all right. What's um, number? Also, uh, what were your takeaways from Nagarok? Because I didn't get to watch the race. I know he ran second. He ran second. He ran a really good race. Um, at when I watched the race, I was very angry with Flavian Pratt. It was a very un-Pratt-like ride because Nagarok has really good speed. They didn't go very fast up front and he took a hold of him and he took such a big hold that he kind of lost his position. And, um, he had to come, he actually at past the three A's pole to the quarter pole, Nagarok was last in a field of like, I think it was five or six. And you it was kind of like, why are you last? And then he came with this big run on the outside late, couldn't get up. It was defeated by a big long shot, uh, Gigante, or, um, who is a, who is interestingly enough a Virginia bred winning the secretariat at Colonial Downs. Yeah, it, was really good, it was a really good story. And I was pissed and I, and, and I, Pratt called me. Uh, I ended up talking to him later in the day and he was, you know, in, as only Pratt can do, he convinced me that just, he says, Billy, just nothing went the way I thought it would go. You know? <laughs> 
And that little guy, he's like, I did, you know, I thought I was following the right horses and I really wasn't. And that horse was outside of us and he had lost ground the whole way. And I thought, you know, I thought I could make a move. And then the other horses started backing up into me. So Pratt kind of went over the race with me and, and I, now when I watch the race again, I see what he's seeing, you know, and he just, it wasn't necessarily a quote bad ride. It was more of just a bad circumstances that affected his performance. So, but he's a really consistent horse. We just love him to death and uh, he'll be back for sure. Very cool. Uh, The third thing of note is just for all of our owners out there. We just had the CTBA Northern California sale on Tuesday, but if you didn't get down there and get the horse you want bought like the, um, we have the Kazik Tipton California Fall Yearling Sale. The catalog is online now. It's going to be held over at Barrett's in Pom- or Fairplex in Pomona. And that is the 26th of September. So you can go online and check out the catalog or you can, uh, pick up a print one if you're nearby somewhere. I'm so irritated about the CTBA sale, by the way. I don't, do we not want to get into that? There's a horse that I wanted. I uh, even, like, I was, I almost put Ryan in a plane to go up and get it for me. And, like we called the consigner and got like photos and videos and they gave us a reserve and it was a little higher than I wanted to spend. So I was like kind of sitting there watching, watching and it like got to five, like 5,500 and like I wanted to bid at like six and that, and Ryan's like, don't bid because you know, it's not even close to reserve. They're just, they're just bidding it up. And you could tell it wasn't live money up to five. It was just like going through the motions. Right. And then like right as they closed, it was internet bid at 6,000. And I was like, well, okay. So I sent like a text message, like, hey, if that horse didn't sell, like, I'd still be interested in it. Blah blah blah. Right. It sold for six. I'm oh like, no. The R the R N the reserve was ten, so like it wasn't even close. If you had told me the reserve was five, I would have been bidding. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. That's oh, not really smart of them. So irritated. Yeah, that happens. All right, let's get to Dan Eplin right after this break. We are thrilled to be partnered again with the Breeders' Cup for 2023. This weekend features a win in your end for the Juvenile Turf Sprint with the Sum Primoni. Michelle, did I say that right? <laughs> from, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm laughing right now. That's the ad that you wanted to do. From, from Deauville on Sunday, <laughs> August 25th. Additionally, all entry fees for the winner will be covered and a $10,000 Award to the nominator. Be sure to, be sure to stay tuned to In the Money Media for all of your Breeders' Cup coverage. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by Toba. Toba's mission is to improve the economics, integrity, and pleasure of the sport on behalf of thoroughbred owners and breeders. And Billy, did you know the projects managed by Toba include the American Great Estates Committee, the Claiming Crown, the Ownership Seminars, the Breeding Confirmation Pedigree Clinics, as well as the Sales Integrity Program? I did know that. Did you know that Toba also provides international representation for U.S. owners and breeders on the International Grading and Race Planning Advisory Committee, International Cataloging Standards Committee, and International Thoroughbred Breeders Federation? The Thoroughbred Charities of America, we call it the TCA, is the charitable arm of Toba. And Toba Media Properties, a subsidiary of Toba, is the co-owner. Subsidiary. What'd I say? Subsidiary. Subsidiary of Toba is the co-owner of Blood Horse. Toba is represented on the board of directors of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association as a founding member, as well as the board of directors of the Racing Medication and Testing Consortium as a founding member. That's Toba. You can tell which one of us went to college. I'm leaving that in. That's fine. (laughs) We're thrilled to continue our partnership with Woodbine for the 2023 season. 
The great racing north of the border at Woodbine continues with gridded stakes all summer, highlighted by the King's Plate this coming weekend. Stay tuned for action-packed coverage of the prestigious race and great card on Sunday, August 20th. Don't miss out on the action, and for more information, go to www.woodbine.com. All right, back here on the owner's box with a very special guest today, Dan Eplin, the owner of Dreamfire, who captured the Sorrento Stakes over the weekend. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, uh, where where have you been? You've been in this game. I know you told us for a long, long time. This is this just came out of nowhere. Yeah, I've been uh, down at the bottom playing level most of my life down at uh, Golden Gate Fields and just kind of uh, worked my way up a little bit, I guess. Now, wait, Billy, you say came out of nowhere. Dan's been waiting 20 years for a horse like this. Exactly. And I want to get into Dreamfire. But before we do this, Dan, and I know you you did a little homework on our show, one of the things we like to do is have our audience get to know the people they're listening to. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us how you got into the world of horse ownership. Uh, Well, you know, I uh, got into horse racing uh, actually – uh, my family owns a body shop in uh, Northern California, and uh, we we had a thing called the Trade Club. And I was looking on it, and somebody had a horse for uh, trade. That's two businesses that do trade with each other, and it was a uh, thoroughbred. And I went out there and did some swapping with them, and got a horse called Hitting All Four with one eye, and that's a four thousand dollar claimer. Won me about nine races. That's insane. That Wait, what did the yeah. board say? Like, will trade race horse yeah. for labor or? Yeah. What did what well, did you trade? Yeah, well, I have body shops, so I, you know, you don't have to actually trade with each other. It's just businesses that are in that group. They trade different uh, things with each other, and uh, so they they had a horse, and that that's what I wanted. Okay, I just have to say, Dan, we've done this show for years now. <laughs> we have like hundreds of guests. That is the very first time. The first horse ownership story has ever involved like a trade. Trade. That's cool. Well, that's how uh, uh, green I was. I got a horse with one eye. Well, so Cascopedia wasn't that the good one-eyed horse back in the day, Michelle? Hey, I mean, I'm just gonna say this: it doesn't matter what I had. At least he got around there plenty of Absolutely. So, okay, so you trade for this horse, you win nine races, and now all of a sudden you're in the in the world of horse ownership. Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I actually, I, I used to train with uh, Billy Morey and Brian Corner and uh, I, I, you know, it just, I had a couple, like I said, small horses and uh, I, I got to know OJ Hargi. Uh He was working for Mandalahi and he would, he's only a couple years younger than me, but he'd always call me Mr. Eplin when he'd see me and he'd always tell me one day, Mr. Eplin, I'm going to, I'm going to be my own trainer. I'd love to train a horse for you. And uh, I said, well, OJ, when that happens, let me know, and we'll claim a horse. So we claim a horse for 25000 off of Jerry Hollendorfer. Uh, he comes right back, puts in an allowance race with Russell Bays on, and I win the race. And I, I was just hooked. Yeah, that, that's an easy and, way know, to get hooked. That's how we do it in horse racing, Dan. You have a lot of success early. They, they dig their claws into you, and then you're stuck for life, right? Well, you know, just being new and, and, and handling the bottom level of the claiming horses, I met a, a kid named Jason Lid who three chimneys ended up coming and, and buying that horse for me, and they took that horse and ran stakes with it all across the country, and I kind of I got to see what, what happens when you get a good horse. But unfortunately for me, the horse wasn't mine anymore. Well, but you but you got paid for it. I mean, at least it wasn't a trade. 
yeah, yeah, no, it was, you know, and that was like the, uh, the most success I'd had at that point, you know, and then it was just back to my, my, uh, $4,000 claiming horses again. Dan Eplin joining us here on the, on the owner's box. I almost said the Breeders' Cup for some reason. Dan, so <laughs> I, mean, I think the, that I mean, there's Breeders' Cup down the road. That must be what it is. But Dan, um, talk a little bit about being in the claiming game because a lot of our owners, with all due respect, we have, you know, big time owners and, and that have come on this show and, and talked about all their stakes horses, but it's a whole nother world and it's, it's a lot of fun and it can be profitable. Yeah. So what, what OJ was really good for me is we would take these 4,62.50 claiming horses and he would get them to, to run at 12.5 and, you know, uh, and they get claimed for me. So it was like a quick turnaround, a couple thousand dollars. You know, I grew up, uh, that's how we did it in my family. We had cars in the body shop. We never bought a new car. We always, you know, it was a wrecked one and we'd fix it up. And I kind of used that same business practice in the, in the horse racing. That's cool. You know, that's interesting because a lot of people I've heard over the years, and I've said this to people who are just getting into the game, don't lose your business acumen when you, a lot of people just come into horse racing and think, oh, I know how to do this because I'm successful at my business, but that is surely not the case here, is it? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, having, I had some help. My brother, my brother was a, uh, an actor on a soap opera for 20 years. Uh, and, as the world turns, another world, and he kind of was my finance. You know, he helped me as as I I, I started. So it was it was kind of nice to have a a little bit of money help. But uh, uh, I just I just really enjoyed the game, and and the claiming game has really changed from 20 years ago. You know, it's uh, now with the the vets and everybody checking the horses. You know, sometimes it'd be a really bad claim. Somebody would get rid of a horse that wasn't wasn't sound, and now it's it's pretty safe. Yeah. Do you, do you think this is a hard one and, and you're going to have to go on a limb, but is that a positive or a negative for the industry? I think it's a positive because you're just, you're just more secure when you want to make a claim. You're like, okay, this horse is going to be good. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's for me, it, it's better. Or, or, the, or the vet might fail it. And we've had a couple of those where we thought the horse was good, but then after the race, you know, whatever, something might have happened in the race, and it that happens. And, and I know there are some people that are frustrated with the claiming game, but I know Michelle is chomping at the bit to get involved. Go ahead, Michelle. Oh, Dan, on the flip side of that, obviously the, the rules now are meant to protect the buyer. Has there ever been a case where you tried to claim a horse and, you know, it won by 10 and it got voided and you were thinking, crap, I could have made do with that horse? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's actually my only really bad experience in claiming is OJ could make it one day to claim a horse for me. So he said, Dan, we fill up the claim slip. I was like, sure. And, oh, uh, no. apparently, Something apparently wrong. if you don't spell the, the name correctly, oh, oh, they void the claim. Yes. Oh, no. Did the horse win? Oh, that horse won for fun. And yeah, went on a oh. next race. And, you know, so you just, so I, I don't live that one down, but. Yeah, um, if it makes you feel better. That happened to me like when I first started dating Ryan. I was like, I want to fill out the claim slip, and I spelled someone's name wrong. I don't even think it was the horse's name, but lucky Ryan checked it, and he was like, "You need to fix that." And I was like, "Well, why? It doesn't matter. It's the same name. Let like, they know who it is." He's like, "No, it'll be voided," and I was like, "What?" So then I like was paranoid after that. Michelle, that's so funny. I don't I don't get nervous a lot. But the most nervous I get in horse racing is filling out one of those damn claims. 
and so what I learned to do was when I fill it out, I then give it to the paymaster for them to approve it while I'm standing there. Are they allowed to check for? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dan, you like that little trick? You, now you know my trick. Look, I, I ask everybody to help me. I am, I'm older now and my vision's really bad. I, I always forget my glasses. So yeah, I need help every time I do it. All right, let's get into Dreamfire because that's why you're here. Um, an OBS sales purchase for $140,000. This is not a $4,000 claimer. No. So how did, uh, how did this all happen? Well, you know, over the years, my, I, I kind of backed out of racing for a little while. My, my kids got to the age where they're starting to go to college and, and, and so forth. And um, so – kind of waited for them you know my wife we made a like a financial decision hey we've got to slow down because it's just too expensive and, and have to pay for college and so um after they all got out of the house i ended up you know uh selling my house and i moved to livermore where i bought a little ranch and i said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna do this uh i'm really gonna give this a try this time so claimed a couple of nice horses with oj and you know he would just always kind of bust my you know what, trying to get me to buy something nice. And so I, I, he got me to go to OBS. We flew out there and, uh, I said, Hey, I'm going to spend $60,000, $70,000. That's my, you know, and I, I don't know when the auctions come on, it, it's kind of intimidating because I, it's just so quick. It goes and, so fast. It goes so and fast. I, and I wasn't really confident in that. And so I was like, Oh, yeah, this is just too much for me. And he goes, Hey, let's go to the RNAs. And, and that way you can take your time and we can look at some of the horses they passed on. And Great sure enough, plan. Dan, Dan, let me, let me stop you real quick. Cause there might be people who don't understand what the RNA is. So er, most horses, when they go through the ring, they have a reserve. So that means that the person who is selling the horse and the consigner are setting a target for where that horse must get to. So if, if a horse has a reserve of 99,000, then it, it sells at a hundred. And after it, a horse doesn't sell, it goes on the board as an RNA and on the website, and you can check that. So that's what Dan did in this case. Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry to interrupt right. you. That's okay. And then we, so we go take a look at, and the first one I go look at happens to be Dreamfire, and we start negotiating the price, but it's as, at, at a pace where I, I, I could, I can handle, and I'm, and I'm looking at this horse, and, and the guy kind of gives me where, where I got to be to buy the horse, and, and I, I, she just looks beautiful to me. And of course, you got to understand, I'm always looking at claiming horses, and just this this horse looked like a whole different kind of horse to me. Sure. And I, so I'm grabbing OJ, like OJ, what's wrong with this horse? It's like, <laughs> Dan, nothing, nothing. And I go, she's beautiful. And and so that's just, uh, you know, uh, I just decided to make that choice. I'm like, okay, I'll, let's go to 140, and you accept that. And, you know, I, I just did something I normally, you know, I would call 16 haulers and find out who would give me the best deal to bring her back to California. And I said, OJ, put her on the plane, get her home. Wow. Whatever. So That's I crazy. just decided to, you know, to, to do the whole thing. And, you know, so literally from the, I, the time I bought her to the first steak race was three months. And wow. I just never, you know, that, that, that was just amazing to me. That is amazing. And you, listen, for people who don't know, they didn't go right into a maiden race. They went into a stake race, not only a stake race, but a stake race against the boys. boys. Yeah, against the boys. So what what was what was OJ talking to you about as she started training? Well, as we're, we're training, you know, he, he's like, Dan, 
I know she's fast. I don't need to see that. Okay, we, you know, and and. What did she work in, Dan? To interrupt you. Sorry. I got her right here. Working at the sale. Oh, at the sale. I don't know. I can look it up. But what what were you asking me? What I was wondering if you remember what time she worked in at the sale. Oh yeah, she she had the bullet nine uh, nine and uh, four. Yeah, she wow. she was the fastest work. So that's why when I'm looking at her, uh, you know, I'm telling OJ, OJ, what's what's going on? Why is this horse not selling? You know, it's it just. It, yeah. it, it was fast. So when we got her here, he was like, I, I don't need to work her fast. I know. And every time we'd work her, she would just, in her time, it wasn't her times. It's just how she did it. You know, if they ever asked her for something, she would just, she would just go, you know, and he's like, and, and for the first time, we just, we just looked at each other. We didn't even say a word. We were like, our eyes were get big and we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, when we went to take her down to, uh, Del Mar, OJ worked really slow, like 137 out of 137. Hold on, Dan. Hold on. We got to go back because she was 12 to 1 in the stake against the boys. Did you make some of your 140,000 back? I made a little bit of it back, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's what I'm talking about, Dan. Yeah, that 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 was – well, you know, it, it's, it's a better part of that. So one of the things I didn't tell my, as my wife is how much I spent on the horse. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, and you know, I was t- track announcer at Golden Gate, Matt Dinnerman, said something once on the, uh, you know, wrote about it and and and, and made a mention at it, and I, and I saw him the next day, like Matt, don't do that. I'm, I my wife doesn't know how much I spent on this horse. So yeah, so what it, it got out wait, back. Wait, wait, what happened when she found out? Uh yeah, well there 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 might have been a little bit of silence for a few days, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, but. After the win, you know, my kids, everybody, it, my my whole family, it, it, it's just been an incredible, incredible time. Did you get, did you, Dan, first of all, uh, Dan Eplin joining us here on the owner's box. Did you get offers after that first race? Did people call you about this, Philly? You know, I, I, I did. I, I got, I got, I, I, I call them tire kickers. No one would ever really give me a, a, a figure. But I wasn't too receptive of of it anyway. But uh, and I would just turn everybody over to OJ, and and OJ would kind of like, yeah, you know, if you make an offer or you know, I'm because uh, they'd always want me to give them a price. Right, right, of course. Well, that's that's the case, and you don't have to. I mean, you're the you're the seller. You can do whatever you want. Um, so you win this stake so easily. She comes down and gets ready for the Sorrento. Um, what are you thinking between July 9th and July 23rd? Uh, I'm sorry, August 12th. Man, what am I doing? Uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, OJ, I, I, I tried a couple of times to come bring my horses down to, you know, Santa Anita or Del Mar and just was not, not good outcomes. And, uh, you know, and I, I thought she could run, but I didn't, I didn't know, you know, quite that level. And, uh, like I said, we, we got there, OJ, our works were, out of 137 horses and a four for she was 137. You know, yeah. I'm like, OJ, what are you doing? He goes, Dan, I, I don't need her to go fast. We know she can run. And so we got a couple of really slow works. And then uh, we were trying to get uh, – nobody would call us back to ride our horse down there. Really? Oh. None of the agents. And we're like, OJ, what's going on? And so uh, I'm up at Santa Rosa watching one of my other horses run last. And I, I told OJ, I said, OJ, why isn't anybody calling us? I don't understand. He goes, Dan, I don't understand. I don't know. And then literally 30 seconds after that, he shows me the phone and it's Hector Barris 
his uh, jockey agent. Yeah, Mike, and, Mike Burns. Yeah, Mike Burns. And he asked, you know, hey, can we ride the horse? And LJ said, yeah, if you could just do me one favor and work the horse tomorrow. Yep. So he, we go down there, and, we, uh, and OJ tells him, look, I don't need you to go fast. I just, just kind of go down the lane with her, okay? Yeah. So we're watching the work, and a horse breaks out about th- uh, six lengths ahead of her on a three-four-line work. And OJ and I look at each other and go, oh, shit. Uh-oh. And she just goes flying through, passes the other horse, go, you know, six lengths ahead of her. Wow. And runs, uh, I think that's a 35, you know, and we're like, oh, wow. So the Mike Burns is sitting there, and he goes, hey, just let you know, Hector's a real quiet guy. He doesn't say much. But I could see the smile on his face. He really <laughs> likes your horse. So, uh, you know, yeah. That's awesome. What a great story. Michelle. Oh, this is the, the very important question. How did she get her name? Uh, so after, you know, trying to make up with my wife after the $140,000, I said, honey, I really like, she's never named a horse for me. So she, I, I, I guess Dreamfire is the, one of the dragons in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Uh. So, so that's where she came up with that name. Oh, it's a slender she-dragon. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Dreamfire. What a good name. What, you know, good horses have good names, Dan. I'm sure you've heard that before. Well, yeah. So now, uh, you know, so she's uh, after that win, she, she's, she's all good now. Well, so, you've got to be pointing to the Del Mar debutante, I imagine. Is that the, uh, is that the next goal for Greenfire? I Well, I, we think so. I, we're, like OJ says, we're going to let the horse tell us, but. Before we even ran into the the Nevin up at Pleasanton, OJ sends me a, a note with a thing saying, "Dan, you know you need to nominate this horse." So I, he knew early that this horse could run, and uh, so we 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 nom- you know if you I think it's three hundred dollars if you do it now, but it's ten thousand dollars if you don't do it by a certain deadline. Well, for the yeah, a good thing you did that, Michelle. Did you have a question? Yeah, I did, Dan. How is how do you think Dreamfire is going to change your outlook on racing? Like you said, you've been a, a, low, a low-level claimer type owner. You already said you were kind of stepping back just a little bit. Does this make you want to be involved more or not more, in a bigger way? Or are you still happy, you know, with lower-level claiming horses and that's still going to be your bread and butter and it's just nice to get to ride this ride? But, you know, honestly, Michelle, what – I, I live up here where Golden Gate Fields was, and, and that's the kind of racing it is here, right? So mm-hmm. I, I say that, but that's what we do up here. And and now with Golden Gate shutting down, that's the question, right? It's like yeah. I, I had I had, I think I had eight horses, and I only have three that I and I, I brought I had two down there the week before, and they both got claimed for me at Del Mar. So you know I I don't have the horses that actually could run down there, so. That that's my next uh, thing is like, what horses am I gonna? What am I gonna do? You know, is there gonna be a racing up here somewhere? I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, Dan, you you always have an invitation to join Little Red Feather. You always have uh-huh. that in your back. You have that in your back pocket. Just remember that. Uh, you well, know, I'm joking. Uh, that is, listen, what you've done going to OBS and buying one horse for one hundred forty thousand and having her as one of the favorites in the Delmar Debutant, you know, that's spectacularly lucky, right? Uh, absolutely yeah i i you know uh i don't know if you saw oj's uh interview yes with, uh, you know he, he was emotional and uh you know 
literally five minutes after that race, I'm getting phone calls about selling my horse. And, and my kids are like, Dad, did you see OJ? You cannot sell this horse. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's the way I feel. It's been, you know, OJ's been in a family of, of horse racing his whole life. And, it, you know, everybody sees, you know, when I'm in the, in the paddock and I'm looking around and I'm seeing Bob Baffert and Simon Callahan and Doug O'Neill. And, you know, those are guys you're like, oh, my God, like, you know, uh, you think that happens every day, but it, it doesn't. It, it, it sometimes takes a lifetime to get there. Yeah, no, and 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 OJ's proven that, and you've proven that. Are is there a number? Is there a number now that uh, that uh, someone's laid on the table for Dreamfire? Are you allowed to say it? No, I, I you know what I I told OJ that he came in and he's like I think OJ even if somebody came up with like a million dollars to me I it's it's it won't change my life at this point. Uh, I you know I had a bypass surgery a couple of years ago, and. You know, during COVID and all that stuff that was happening, I, I bypassed. I had my gallbladder. My dad was, uh, he had to move in. He couldn't, he couldn't take care of himself. My dad passed away. I, I just had a lot of intense things in the past, last couple of years happen to me. And it's just, I, I don't think anymore in the future. I think about today uh, because, I, you know, and I was telling my kids, I was like, if Dreamfire, if all that stops today, I'll bring the horse. I'll put it in my backyard. And, you know, uh, every time I go back there, and pet that horse. I'll tell you know it'll remind me of when my whole family was there and what a, what a great day I had. Uh, everybody at at Del Mar treated my family like royalty. It was such a, a pleasurable day. I, I, you know I'll cherish that experience. Dan, I I can't normally I ask right now about stuff that you've learned, but I think you put it perfectly into words just now and just how living for the day is so important. So I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Good luck with Dreamfire. We hope we see her in the Del Mar debutant, uh, Del Mar debutant, excuse me, and just terrific story. Best of luck and congratulations. I appreciate it. Thank you much. All right. Dan Eplin here on the owner's box. Me appreciate him coming on today. Uh, Michelle, we screwed up last week. We talked about this. Oh, my the gosh. Opening. We, we, <laughs> we talked about it on the opening, just that we messed up and that we get into it later. But uh, I thought Dan was great, Michelle, and that was a fantastic get. Um, those are the kind of stories that need to be tell. Oh, I, you know, I should have asked him. He got so much flack for he wore like a old T-shirt when he won in my interview. Yeah. And he sent me like a screenshot of like people telling him like way to dress up and stuff. I should have mentioned that. Hey, you know what I say? And, and Bill Strauss. It's Del Mar. You can wear anything you want. Just be you. Just be you. And, I, you know, I mentioned it in the interview, Michelle, and I have to say it again. You know, people go to OBS, which is one of our sponsors, with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars. And they missed this one. We missed it. You missed it. You were there. Like, sometimes. You, I actually fall. do remember looking at this horse, but I was turned off by the flame away. Yeah, they just fall through the cracks. They just fall through the cracks. Great story. Great get, Michelle. Um, really appreciate it. What's, uh, what's happening at Delmar this week? So coming up, we have racing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, of course. Uh, Thursday, we have no stakes races. Friday is the CTT and TOC. It's also happy hour and turf club Fridays. On Saturday, we are going to be having uh, 
the Grade 1 Del Mar Oaks, as well as the Uncorked Wine Festival. They're going to have over a 100 wine and bubblies from around the globe, plus local food trucks, music, and everything. So that should be a really fun spot in the stretch run. Also on Sunday, it is the SDSU Basketball Fan Fest, Taste of the Turf Club, and the Solana Beach Stakes, which I feel like, Billy, you win all the time. You have a horse in the Solana Beach this year? No, no, no. You know what's funny? We ran one-two in the Solana Beach several years ago. Can you name the two horses? Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Um, One one was a gray with Mike Pipey, and the other one was trained by Richie Baltus. Two cow Well, yeah, I fudge. I know the crap. What horse was this? Come on now. <laughs> the, it was the Patriot horse, was no, it? No, 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 that was Super Patriot. No, Patriot. Uh, the uh, the winner was Chatty's on top. Oh, and the second place nice. finisher was Chocolate. Shit. Yes, Chocolate. <laughs> uh, yeah, good good races this weekend. What do you you got? Anything running? We need to uh, look out for. Come on now. Um, what do you I mean, come on now? What does that mean? We're, you're running hella dick against Sexy Rexy. Yeah, we are. We are we doing it. that for sure. Dollar bet on that? Um, Sure, if you'd like. All I know is that we, if, if Barrios doesn't like have that horse in full flight around the turn and we're not six in front, I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> well, then. it's Delmar. We like never win races at Delmar. We won like two off the bat and then it's like wah wah. We had the same thing. We haven't won in two weeks. We're stuck oh. on three. Stuck on welcome, three. Welcome to my life. Yeah, no. My uh, I ran a filly against Dreamfire. She bled terribly. Uh, uh, so she, she's going to need some turning out. Yep. And my maiden just definitely wasn't ready. Yeah. So, All right. okay. All right. so how did the Little Red Feather Handicapping Challenge go? It went amazingly well. Uh, sold out, 150 entries. The winner, uh, I just had, I heard her name up. The winner was Christy Moore. And Not Christine Moore, right? I don't know. She said Christy. I don't know if that's Christine Moore. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, $15,000 for LRF Cares. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really great. For all the people who participated, thank you so much. Um, it really means a lot. It's kind of our major fundraiser for the year. And it, any, any you know, Michelle and I are both big on aftercare. And um, it, it was an awesome day. And it was a lot of fun. And people, it was funny because you kept, I kept passing people. You still in? You still in? You got, you got any cash left? You know, whatever. Right. Uh, so it was, it was, it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool event. Special thanks to Lucy Lawrence, uh, who works with LRF Cares, who's kind of heading LRF Cares right now. She did an amazing job. And um, speaking of aftercare, we have Carmathon coming Carmathon up. Carmathon coming up. Yep, that is the 26th, I believe, right? This 26th. But so the 26th of August is actually going to be like the telethon that they right. do. But right. if you go to karma the number four horses dot org now, you could already make your donations. Just so yep. you. Donations have been pouring in already. We did some great interviews today. I did one with your husband. I don't know if he told you. Oh, I, have, I literally haven't even talked to him. Well, there you go. Uh, we are part of the In the Money Media Network. Uh, you can reach us via Twitter at Own a Horse, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. My email, if you have any questions about horse racing or you'd like to get involved, please email me, Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. 
dot com. Michelle, um, apologies for last week to all of our people. Oh uh, my gosh. I'm not going to get into that, but uh, we got a good one this week. Great job getting Dan Eplin. Thanks, Dan, for coming on the show. And oh, and I forgot to ask him what he bought at the yearling sale yesterday. Damn it. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Maybe we'll find out next week here on the owner's box. You didn't say your bye. Bye.